Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. I saw a lot of people looking around kind of like, what, what, where are you playing that song? I know, I, I'm, I'm a country fan. I finally it, it, I admitted it to myself and, and just, just gave in. So, um, everybody doing okay? Glad you're here this morning. Well, that was country recording artist Alan Jackson and his hit song, Hard Hat and a Hammer. It was released in May of 2010 as the second single from his 16th studio album, Freight Train. And it was released in March of 2010. Well, our country is the product of hard work. I think you would agree with me. If you look around, this building, everything we see in this building, in the homes we live in, our places of business, they're all the results of somebody's hard work. Somebody had to put these chairs together. Somebody had to put together the furniture. It's all part of somebody's hard work. And a person's work has value because it involves using our reason, our knowledge, and our skill. And that was God's design. Mankind is the pinnacle of God's creation, and it distinguishes itself from all other creatures on earth because of those capabilities. And consequently, because of who God made man, there's honor and dignity in the work of our hands. There's honor and dignity in, in a hard day's work, in an honest day's work. Regardless of whatever kind of work it is, that was also God's design. Just as the author Debbie Ford has said, it is your holy work to deeply love, to honor and respect the precious self that you are, the soul that only you can hold. Well, for the past, I don't know however many weeks now, I've got to sit this down. It'll probably drive you crazy if I'm shaking the water. Um, but for the past several weeks, we've been just giving an opportunity for testimonies, um, an opportunity to talk about risks that we might have taken. And, and I'm wondering if, if anyone would like to share a testimony or a risk that you took Maybe in the last week, maybe in the last month. It, it really doesn't matter, but would, it, would anyone like to share a testimony of some type? 
Well, in terms of risk, and I'll, I'll, maybe this will get, get us started, but I, I, think, I think I showed you this morning a little bit of a risk that I've taken over the past several weeks in terms of making the decision to focus on our, our growth as a church in terms of handing over the responsibility of worship to somebody else. I mean, it's for for me that that was it was it was a hard thing to do. I mean, I, I've I've done this for most of my life, and to hand over the the responsibility, the reins to somebody else, I I I don't have control of it anymore. And some of you might think that's a good thing, but that's the kind of risk that I'm talking about. Sometimes God calls us to take a risk. Maybe that's in in speaking to a co-worker or speaking to a family member and sharing something that the Lord might, might drop into your mind to, to speak. So anyone else, would you, would you like to share anything that, that might have happened this last week? I won't, I won't continue doing this. If you're, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, I'm continuing the series, How Is Your Soul?, And I began this series by asking each of us to take a moral inventory to assess how we're doing. How's your relationship with God? Are you growing or are you staying in the same old place? What are you longing for? What do you need in your life? Is your, what's your soul trying to tell you? Is your soul trying to tell you something? And then last week I asked the question, how's your family? How are those who are closest to us doing? How's the wife? How's the husband? How are the kids? How are you doing with them? And how are they doing with you? And if you're single, are you connected or are you connecting with someone else? Because see, this is what part of being a, a body is all about. We, we, we need to, the connection. We need to stay in touch with each other. Well, I hope, if anything, that these last two weeks have gotten us thinking about what am I doing with my life? Am I focusing on the things that are really important, the things that really matter? And so with that, I want to ask you another question as the title of my sermon today. How's your work? In the Old Testament book of Job, while Job was being tested by God and ultimately by his friends, he says, mortals have a limited lifespan. You've already decided how long we'll live. You set the boundary and no one can cross it. In other words, we only have so much time here on earth. Some have less, some have more, but consequently it matters how we make use of the time 
that God's given us. In an article that appeared on the website, The Daily Infographic, and I'll show it up here on, on the, the slide, in the lifetime of an average person, and we're going roughly on 78 years, that's the, the current lifespan, according to doctors, scientists, we'll spend this amount of accumulated time involved in the following activities. And this is in the span of 78 years. 28.3 years sleeping. Now, some sleep less, some sleep more. I won't pick on anybody, but I know some people that they probably get a lot more than that in the course of their life, or they will. And then, ten and a half years working. Now, that's not like, you know, we spent, we call it like 20, 30 years that we spend with a company. We're talking about the, the accumulated hours. So, if you work an eight-hour day, then over the course of your life, just adding all those hours together. Nine years on TV, video games, and social networks. That might be a little low for a few people. Six years doing chores. Four years eating and drinking. Three and a half years in education. Seems like it's a lot longer than that. But I guess when you combine all those hours together... Two and a half years grooming. Yeah, said double that for some. Some really don't need very much. You know, just, just wipe off their head and... Not picking on you, Dillard. <laughs> yeah, I'm meddling now. Two and a half years shopping. And that may be really low for some people. <laughs> One and a half years providing child care. And, and I, I, I couldn't, I, that just seems like, hard to imagine. But, but we'll, we'll just say it just for, for the, yeah, you know, some of you are like on your second time through taking care of, of somebody's children. And so uh, it, it will probably be a little bit higher than that. So, um, and then 1.3 years commuting to and from work. That one, it all depends. If you're driving into Houston, you know, God bless you. You're, you're, you're probably going to at least double that. So, um, anyhow. Now, we might disagree on the breakdown of the items on this chart. But it's clear, pretty clear that after sleep, the thing that takes up the most time in the course of our lives is our work. We'll spend years of our lives doing things, developing skills, honing crafts, in order to carve out a living for ourselves. In other words, work is an essential part of our lives. And for some people, the word work is a four-letter word. It is a four-letter word. But the bad kind of four-letter words... 
And they try to get by by doing as little work as possible. In an online survey of people in the workplace, it was estimated that in the course of a normal workday of eight hours, 89% of employees at least waste at least 30 minutes of work every day. Over the course of a week, that's two and a half hours. 31% of employees waste at least one hour of work per day. Five hours per week. 16% waste two hours of work per day. That's getting into 10 hours per week. Another 10% waste three hours of work per day. I mean, you're doing the math, right? This all adds up. Another 10% waste almost half the day by not working. Those of you that are supervisors, you probably know this already. And 44% of employees admit, admit to wasting most of their time on Fridays between 3 and 5 p.m. <laughs> and this survey went on to say that 87% of the global workforce underperforms because they feel disengaged while on their jobs. Another 63% are just not engaged because they report just being checked out. Maybe they don't feel like working today. Or maybe, you know, they're, they're on their phone or got other things on their mind. They report sleepwalking through the day. Or they just say they just have very little or no passion or energy. 24% say that they're completely disengaged because they're unhappy in their job. And they spend their day acting out their unhappiness in what they do. And sometimes they even under, undermine other colleagues while they're working. The point is that disengaged people waste time on the job. And it affects far more than themselves. And some of the excuses that people use, they're not being challenged enough. Or the hours are too long. They don't have enough incentive to work harder. They're bored. Or they're underpaid. And a big misconception that we have, and, and I think it's in our culture is that work is a byproduct of the fall of man. If you've ever seen the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I love the soundtrack. And there's one song that I, and we used to watch this with our kids. They were a little bit older. Um, but we would, we would sing these songs, and there's, there's one song called The Big, Big Rock Candy Mountains. And it's being sung from the, from the standpoint of a hobo. Well, one of the lines in the song says that the Big Rock Candy Mountains, you know, this is, this is a utopia, right? And one of the reasons it's, it's, it's a utopia, the line says, they hung the jerk who invented work. 
Now, how many of you got that song in your head? In the big rock candy mountains. But when we read the book of, of Genesis, a closer look shows us that God put man on earth primarily to work. The, the account of the creation story says that God placed Adam in the garden to tend to it and watch over it. In other words, mankind had a job to do here on earth. We know that Adam named the animals, but more than that, he was, he was given the responsibility to tend to the garden and care for it on behalf of the Lord. Work is essential to the function of the kingdom of God. We're talking about spiritual gifts and we're going through, we have the new cohort that's starting up uh, two weeks. Well, we want people to be able to get engaged because there's, there's work to be done. And we can all be part of what God is doing whenever we put our hand to the plow and get engaged with what God is doing in our community, in our church. And we're called as believers to participate in that work of the kingdom. That's what we're part of. Now, I want to ask this question, and I, I really want you to think about it. What if we approached our work as a service and as a worship to God? Just think about your, your, your current work environment. I know that Maybe you, you go in and you're thinking about all the tasks that you have to do. And you're thinking about the people that you have to deal with. What if doing what we do in the course of the week, what if that could be a service to God? See, from the very beginning, God's people were called to enhance the world through fruitful labor. And consequently, we don't have to look out for our own selfish, selfish interests as we do these tasks that we have to do. Instead, we can see to it that those around us are loved, encouraged, provided for as part of our work. And if we're believers, for us, it's not all about the money. Instead, we're after the joy and the pleasure of God. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Colossae said, Since you have been raised to new life in Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Well, then he goes on to explain what this life looks like. And you can read that there in Colossians chapter 3. That'll be some homework if you'd like some. But things like getting rid of the stuff that separates us from God and from others. And then pursuing the things that draw us closer together. And then as the clincher, 
Paul says this in verse 17. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to Him through, through Him to God the Father. When I graduated from Bible college, and I, I, I have a classmate with us today. Cheryl Paulson was, was with me and Danelle back in the day whenever we were, uh, if you haven't met her yet, just say hi to her after the service. I didn't really want to single her out. I didn't know if she would freak her out or not. But, uh, but we, we went to Bible school together. And I guess she's proof that I actually did go to Bible school. Um, but... Uh, I went to Bible college because I wanted to be a preacher. I felt called to preach. And so while we were there at school, our professors encouraged us, you know, to um, get, on, get on board with a church and, and serve in a church and, you know, and be a professional in ministry. And that's what I wanted to do. Well, I didn't realize when I, when I graduated from college, from Bible college, that my degree really didn't have much meaning outside of the church. I went to be on staff at a church, and things didn't go so well, and so I had to find a job. And I went out, and, and, and I, I ended up doing, doing some, some jobs that I really wasn't prepared to do. I thought, you know, well, I've got an education. I don't have to do this kind of stuff. You know, having to work with my hands, having to work, you know, carrying lumber, as a grunt on a, on a construction site. I mean, I, I wasn't prepared for this. Well, despite that rude awakening, I found out something else. That generally speaking, now this is generally speaking, that, that people in the workaday world have a really low opinion of people who call themselves Christians. Especially those who are employees. You see, the thing is, the world looks at us as representatives of Jesus. And they, they expect that when we call ourselves Christian, that we're going to represent Jesus and do so well. But a lot of times, we do a pretty poor job of representing of who He is and what he's like. And we might say it with our mouths, but our lives don't back up our talk. You follow me? Maybe you've had this experience before. But it was, it was a rude awakening for me. And I realized, you know, if, if I want to be able to talk to this person, maybe to encourage this person to come to church with me, then I'm going to have to look at how I do my job. That I'm going to have to be faithful and, and this is an area that's the struggle for me. If you know me, you've been around here for any length of time, being on time is a hard thing for this guy to do. I don't know why it's that way. I've worked on it. I've, I'm still working on it. But that came up again and again and again and again. And I, I've, I've had to work on that. But... People are watching us. I don't know if you realize that. People are watching you. And when you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, they want to see, do you really live what you say that you're living? 
You know, that's, that's the issue that we're, we're dealing with in our culture, is that they, 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 they realize that we're supposed to be representing Jesus, but we don't always do it well. Now, what would happen if we lived our lives like we were actual representatives of Jesus Christ and we wanted to represent Him well? How would that affect our sphere of influence? The people that we, that we rub shoulders with. How would that affect our work? How might that affect the people we work with? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, You are the light of the world. A city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. And then the, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, told the church, work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. And remember that the Lord will reward each of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Now, I don't think any of us in here are slaves. In the time that Paul was writing this letter, there was actually a class of people who were slaves. And they, they put themselves in indentured servitude to someone to pay off a debt. For whatever reason, they found themselves in debt. And the way that they paid that debt off was to work to pledge themselves as indentured servants to someone. Now, we might not like our jobs, but we're not in a position of being slaves. Thank God. And you may even hate your current job. And that's okay. Just be honest about it. But what if we considered our work as thankful worship, bringing glory and fame to Jesus through our attitudes, our words, and even our work ethic? How might that affect our coworkers, our customers, our neighbors, and even our friends? Well, I think we all can find the answer, and it begins by serving the people that God has placed within our reach. So I'm going to end today the same way I begun, and I want to ask the question, how is your work? I believe Jesus wants to meet us in the workplace. He wants to meet us where we meet the world. And that's where, you know, when I was talking about risks, that's when those opportunities come. It's whenever we're actually interacting with the people that we know who need Him.
Well, I want to invite the Holy Spirit. Just want us to get quiet just for a second. I want to invite the Holy Spirit, and, and uh, we're going to take some time for ministry before, before we go today. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way in this place. Would anyone like to share something maybe that the Lord might have shared with you? Something that maybe a, a thought, a picture, an image? So one was like this idea that um, maybe there's people here who like have the feeling of I'm not fill in the blank enough to be close enough to God enough to do to take the risks or to do the stuff, but the the bar is really. The bar is Jesus. Yeah. There's no high bar, low bar. It's Jesus. Period. So, and the song where it says, Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So that. 
Yeah, do it again. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No greater fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Daniel. So that's one thing. Yeah. So if that's you, the bar is low. Or the, there is, like, it's not a low bar or a high bar, sorry. It's just Jesus. Yeah. The bar is a cross. <laughs> so, and the other thing is over here, if there's a word. Like it's so one of the weird things is like, here's the risk for me. Like we talked about this, I don't get up in front and call people out because that's weird <laughs> and that's extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I don't see stuff. I don't see words written above people's heads. But guess what? It's a it's a Garfield morning, so. Um, that's a inside. So one time I was. I got a word, and the word was Garfield, and it bounced off of everybody. So, <clears throat> but there's a word right here, and it's in stone. It wasn't stone. It was like covered in sand. The sand blew away, and the word was miracles. It's right here, um, in my mind's eye, kind of. And the word is miracles. And I don't know what's up with that, but it's like there's something. There's something like this is no this is nothing new. But the Lord has the but like the Lord doing stuff or making stuff happen that's not supposed to happen. But it's you. And he does it for you. And I don't know if that's Bless in your God. past, but I pray that it gets magnified in the future for your future. Because the Lord remembers. And that's... Does that make any sense? Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Could you could you share about that? Maybe? Because this is new to me. So it was a 
started coming. And that was a miracle. So is maybe that uh, the answer or answer your question? And I also pray that whatever the Lord is doing, that it shows up bigger and bigger for you. I'm going to go sit. Um, I don't really have anything else at this time. I think that's all for us. That's okay. Thank you, brother. Okay, uh, Kenny. I had the same impression during worship. Um, There's this old vineyard song, um, since we're all singing songs spontaneously. Um, It's called, I Believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the son of God. You guys know that one? You ever yeah. sign it? Yeah. And it's a song of affirmation. And uh, and I was just looking out and felt like it's maybe been a week or a month or a year where you need, we, a lot of us need that affirmation, the, the basic truths of what we believe, and that none of that depends on us, and none of that goes away because we're weak or because we have problems. Grace of God is not at all affected. The blood of Jesus is not at all affected by our weakness, by our incapacity. So he provides the capacity where we don't have any. And, and, and I was furiously trying to do a search in my Bible thing to come up with <laughs> when Jesus said, don't be afraid, little flock. Don't be afraid. For your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. So we can just be as clumsy and whatever as we want. As long as we let him do that. There was somebody else that raised a hand over here. Was was that just, or were, were you just pointing pointing to her? Was that? Okay. I don't know how you're going to do this. So, okay. Um, I wasn't going to say anything, but because of my brother being willing to be so vulnerable and share about that. And because of this morning, and Joel also being willing to share. Thank you, Pam. I know that I'm not the most qualified. I also know that sometimes my rhythm really sucks. (laughs) But he has told me, and we did a TPM recently, and I did see a vision of God coming inside me, actually inside me and covering me completely. And he said, I'm giving you my heart. You are unique because I've given you my heart. And so I just, I'm going to be vulnerable like Sean and just say, you know, I have not tried to challenge Joel for a long time because I was raised in the Baptist church. You submit to authority, period. Amen. (laughs) 
And so these kind of things that we've had in, in these encounters, even a good friend, Marlena, said that I think God wanted that to happen so that I'm learning my voice and I'm learning how to be uncomfortable and yucky, like just so yucky sometimes, guys, uncomfortable of in my own skin. But what I feel confident about is his heart in me, that he doesn't care how lousy sometimes something is if we bore our heart because he already gave it all anyways. He gave it all. And the very least we can do is give back everything and then trust, right? He says he will multiply tenfold, right? What the canker worm has eaten. Do you remember that verse? Mm -hmm. I love that verse. So I'm the little drummer boy that's just coming to give the little drummer to the king, and he multiplies our gifts. You see why she's a worship pastor? Oh, oh, okay. I know I speak too much up here sometimes, no, you but don't. something that just happened today, Bevan asked me if I wanted to be on the prayer team again. She said, I hear that you used to do that. Well, about what, Bildered, about a year and a half, two years ago, I pulled away because I had so much on me and I had so much to deal with that I felt like I couldn't minister to others because I needed so much from him myself. So today, this has taught me that it isn't about us. It's about what God wants to do through us. So Bev and I will try to reach out and take the risk and start praying with you guys more. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Anybody else? Kathy. Sorry, Kenny. That's We're... okay. <laughs> Mine's real short. It's just when we were quiet and listening, I, I had a sense that there's somebody here who's been way, way too hard on themselves, and God wants them to know that's not the way he sees them. That's all. Okay. Amy in the back. Now we're going to pray, so y'all just pay attention, okay? Mine actually goes along with what she just said. I heard something um, this week. I can't even remember if it was on TV or on the radio. And um, it was uh, that in the natural, when something dirty touches something clean, the clean thing becomes dirty. And the supernatural... When something dirty touches something clean, the dirty thing becomes clean. So there's nothing that you have done or that's been done to you that, um, that Jesus can't wash clean. That'll preach. Okay. Anyone else? Since um, my wife, Regina, and I became members, we, um, we've been wanting to be more involved with this church. And this morning, as I saw the lady standing 
the ladies being ushers. And I just told myself, I want to be an usher too. I want to help, you know, to do other... <laughs> thank you, thank you, Kenny. Praise hands, praise hands. Yes, this is praise hands. This is how you do it. <laughs> but I just want, I've been thinking about it, and I wanted to get more involved. You have to understand, I like to do physical things, not something that's going to require a lot of talking, but just our deep discussion, because there's limited communication right now, you know. And when I thought about being an usher, I thought, okay, I can do that. I can be an usher. Or maybe there's something else physically, hands-on, that I can do. I just want to say that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? This has been good. And I think what God wants to do in terms of... of Ministry here in the room is, is going to be good too. I, specifically, your, your word was about not being enough, right, Daniel? If you feel like that whatever it is is not enough, Daniel shared that word. The Lord spoke to him to share with you that it's okay. Don't be afraid. And if you would like, if you would like prayer along those lines, and I understand it, it, it it's, it's so intimidating to, be, and and I I, I want to make that as as comfortable as possible. But I, I think it's important that whenever whenever you feel that tug, that you that you take some action. And so that action is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to receive prayer. And also, the, uh, Kathy, remind me what you said again. Um, uh, somebody's being way too hard on themselves, and that's not the way God speaks. Okay. You're, you're being way too hard on yourself. And, and what Amy said about the, the clean thing. You know, that in, in the natural, the clean thing becomes dirty. But... In the supernatural, the dirty thing becomes clean because of Jesus. And we sang, we sang about the blood. We sang about, about that, the love that, that Jesus has for us. And so if, if you need prayer this morning, I want to invite you to come to the front and receive prayer. Can we stand together? And I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable, but if you need prayer, just come to the front. We're going, we're going to pray with you, okay? And if you're, if you're a person who prays, I'm going to need your help because people are coming. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Now do me a favor if you if you're if you're here to okay we got got folks with the, the lanyards on so if yeah yeah but if if you're here to receive prayer could you could you just raise your hand and okay 
All right. Well, Terry, step forward just a little bit, unless you need to sit. Do you need to sit down? Okay. All right. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. I want to, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit, and we're just going to get out of the way, and just let Him do what He wants to do. If If you're here and you and you 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 feel like, man, I really need to be up front, and I'd like to receive prayer. It's okay. You can sneak on up here, and, and I'm going to I'm going to pray a, a, just a general prayer of dismissal. If you need to go, you feel free to go. If if you want to stick around and see what God does, then then by all means stick around, and and pray with these who are up here in, in the front that the the Lord will minister to them. Okay. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Come and rest on us. Rest in this place today. And Father, as we go out from here, Lord, may your grace be poured out upon us. May your face shine upon us. And give us your peace as we go forward as representatives of you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. It's all in the name of Jesus. Amen.